Ah, you landed on the Unbridled Enthusiasm Live Podcast with your host, Mark Poulos. What do you say we get into some weird stuff? Well, welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos. And uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be taping a new episode. Uh, this episode, I decided to uh, cover something from my life that uh, a lot of people don't know about. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as funny as the other podcast. I'm sure there are going to be funny moments in here. But uh, basically, I'm going to cover and talk about uh, my gambling addiction that uh, I've pretty much dealt with since I was uh, 17 years old uh, up until last summer when uh, I decided to uh, stop roughly around uh, my 20-year anniversary of of gambling. But, uh, yep, I, uh, I was 17 years old. Gambling is affected pretty much my entire family uh it's one of those things that uh my dad dealt with it a lot and uh that's kind of where us kids you know learned about it you know he taught us how to play blackjack and uh he gambled so much money that uh they would send him plane tickets and things from Las Vegas, so he would come out there and and gamble our money away. Apparently, um, so it was pretty much every spring break from like God, I don't know, man. I was like fourteen to to like nineteen, something like that. Every spring break, we went to Las Vegas because they'd send him a free plane ticket and he get a free hotel room suite. Uh, free food, free drinks. And we just thought this, you know, as kids, we thought this was normal. Like, this is a normal spring break, you know. <laughs> we just go stay in a suite on the top of this crazy hotel in the middle of the city. And, you know, everything's free. We just sign it away. You know, we make a phone call at 2 in the morning and get a hamburger and fries sent up to there. And, you know, I think that's initially what... uh hooked at least me and my brother was just kind of watching my dad you don't really think you know how much your kids like watch you and and uh, absorb what you do and you know it's they don't know anything else so they look at something and they're like oh I guess that's just how you do business you know like you come to Vegas and you gamble a ton of money and it wasn't until we were like you know 18 or 17 that we just, we realized just how much money my dad was gambling and losing in Las Vegas. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I remember coming downstairs one time looking for him, and he was betting a thousand dollars a hand at blackjack. It didn't really register with me at the time, but I was just like thinking back on it: a thousand dollars a hand. And there was times where, you know, just me, my brother, and my dad would go. And he would call those the uh, getting even trips because, you know, the whole family wasn't with, so he didn't have to take breaks to, uh, 
you know, go to Circus Circus and ride the roller coaster, or go play miniature golf, or go to the game room at the Luxor, do kid stuff and family stuff. He could just sit there and just hunker down and, and gamble. I remember one trip that me and my brother and my dad took to Vegas where we were there for three days and uh, we never went past the lobby. Like uh, That was also the year that uh, I got a, a duplicate driver's license uh, from the DMV that had all my brother's information on it. Uh, but had my picture like I still don't know how that was possible like this was back before they had uh, the databases with all the pictures and everything so just on a whim for whatever reason I went down to the DMV with my brother's birth certificate and I said hey uh, you know I lost my driver's license I need to get a new one uh, and and they literally made a license with my picture on it and it came in the mail and we put both of the driver's license next to each other the driver's license numbers and the address and everything was exactly the same it was just different pictures and it was pretty ridiculous so like for three years I had an ID that said I was 21 so you can imagine how much damage that did <laughs> So when we went to Vegas that year, uh, I, uh, I was, I think I was only 17 at the time, because I don't remember gambling at home, I just remember this was like a really big deal, because it was going to be the first time that I could gamble, and you know, I just watched my brother and my dad, and just, you know had the itch to gamble forever because I was watching them, you know, win and stuff. And, and I'm not going to really get into the positive sides of gambling, you know, over the 20 years that I gambled, obviously I had some big wins, but I don't really want to glorify that in this, uh, episode that I'm doing. So I'm just going to kind of go over all the bad stuff. So hopefully if you're listening out there and you're also suffering, with gambling addiction that you can you know feel empathy with me for this my stories and maybe they'll relate to your stories and it'll you know help you get help and and hopefully move on from it because you know gambling addiction is such a very strange thing you know because you know you got a drug addiction or you know alcoholic or other things, you know, there's just so many treatment programs out there, you know, if you're addicted to Oxycontin or heroin or whatever, it's like, there's so many programs and treatment programs out there, but gambling sometimes is just looked down upon, like, you know, why don't you just not gamble, like, it's that easy, you know, and it really isn't. So when we went to Vegas that year, I had the fake ID, so I decided to start gambling, and, uh, you know, played some blackjack and slots and everything. And, you know, that trip I ended up winning money. So the, uh, the bug was sufficiently stuck inside of me to gamble. And for years after that, I, uh, yeah, I would gamble 
because uh, Minnesota, like a lot of places, they they had uh, the Native American run casinos, and those were only eighteen to get into. So I didn't even need the fake ID, and I wasn't much of a drinker back then, so I didn't even use it to buy booze. But I would just go into uh, all these Native American casinos after my eighteenth birthday, and you know, take the extra money that I had, and I'd go down there and I'd start gambling, and and uh, you know lose quite a bit of money and uh just kind of live off my credit cards so i uh after college i moved in with uh, a friend of mine from school and uh things just ended up getting worse i uh i was gambling off my uh my credit cards i was taking cash advances and uh things just got completely out of control to the point where I had so much debt that I couldn't even pay my bills or buy food or anything. So I had to do one of those debt consolidation thingers and, uh, slowly was able to dig my way out of it. But, uh, you know, even after it all cleared and I got new credit cards and stuff, it, it never stopped. But, you know, it's just, so strange because from age oh I'd say age uh, 18 to god 18 to probably like 30 you know the addiction was pretty bad but uh, it, it really wasn't now I take that back it's probably 18 to 20 18 to 26 probably because right around that time between 23 and 26 is when I started doing stand-up comedy. And uh, so a lot of times I would tour and we'd have to do shows in casinos, which I still have to do to this point is is uh, is do a lot of shows in casinos. And uh, that was just gasoline on a fire. I mean, it's just so sad to look back on it right now, but I don't know how many times I went and, uh, you know, played the, the, the burning horse out in Oregon or the, the fire keepers in Michigan or, uh, you know, the Isle of Capri in Waterloo or, and I'd go in there and I'd do a comedy show and I'd, I'd make like $200 for the show and sell another like 150 in t-shirts after the show. And to make $350 for 30 minutes worth of work, I mean, it's easy money, you know? And I don't know how many times I took that money and just walked right into the casino and dumped it on some stupid penny slot machine or on blackjack and then I'd lose that and I'd just start pulling all the money out of my checking account and it's just such a strange thing man when you're there and you're playing that slot machine or blackjack or whatever because you know in your mind all you ever want to do is just stop like you're sitting there playing the slot machine and in your brain you're like uh, when this $20 runs out, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to walk out of the casino, 
go to my hotel room and whatever and it just seems like every time the money would run out like a switch would go off just be pulling out another 20 out of my pocket and sliding into that slot machine and this went on for a long time like uh I didn't meet my wife until I was 32, maybe 31, 31 or 32. So for like five years, I mean, it was day to day, dollar to dollar, you know. I was trying to make it as a stand-up and uh, was living with uh, my parents for a little while to get it done. And then I moved in with my brother and sister and uh just you know nobody really knew how how thin i was living you know i'd go out and i'd do these comedy shows and i'd work my ass off i'd drive hours all over the country and i'd have like five week or five days set up in a week and like four of them would be at normal bars and clubs and stuff and that one night i'd have to go do a casino and there was many a times where I was getting paid like, you know, six or seven hundred bucks for the week. And I lost all that money and then some at the one casino gig that I was doing. I mean, it got brutal, man. Because there's, uh, you know, certain routes that we have to drive to get anywhere from Minneapolis. Like, if you're going to go east, you always have to go through, you know, Wisconsin through Chicago and up through Michigan and then if if you have to go south you have to go down through Iowa and all of these routes that you go you drive past like I don't know man 10 to 15 casinos and what a lot of people don't know is you go and gamble at these casinos and you sign up for a uh, player's card which you basically put in the slot machine and it records all your play it racks up all your points and then they actually send you free stuff in the mail like free hotel rooms like twenty dollars in slot play and whatever free buffet and that's kind of how they get you back into the casino so i had like a bright idea for a long time that i would just you know to, to try to make it back all the money that i had lost i would just take the free coupons and uh i just go in and get the free money and play that money and then that'll be it but needless to say it was never it was never like that i'd go in and get the money and then lose that and before i knew it i'd already lost like three or four hundred bucks and i haven't even gotten to my first gig yet you know that's kind of how it went for a long time so when i met my wife uh i kind of downplayed a little bit how much credit card debt that I had because you know the sad part was like I really didn't spend any money on anything like clothes or accessories or music or anything like that all of my credit card debt at that point was gambling related like it was just ridiculous I think I had like I don't know 20 or <clears throat> 20 or 30,000 in credit card debt just from gambling just the crazy nights man i remember uh doing a gig at uh, uh turtle creek casino in michigan 
And after the show, they give you a free coupon to go down to the snack bar to get a sandwich. So I was like, oh, you know, I'll just go down and get my sandwich, and then I'll, I'll head back up to my room, you know, no worries. And uh, that sandwich cost me about 1200 bucks. So I went down there, ate the sandwich, lost all the money I made for the show, and then uh, took a thousand off a credit card, lost that in a slot machine, and it just, uh, I think when it all changed, because, you know, from, let's see, from, you know, the start of it when I was 18 up until about 25, <clears throat> I was kind of a low stakes player. It, uh, I was losing, but not to the extent that I was losing after age 25 because I took a trip. Um, I did a tour in Canada and, uh, in every bar in Canada, they have what they call video lottery terminals, basically slot machines, but you have a choice of a bunch of different ones on there. It's like a video game. And, uh, Every day I'd go down there and play like five bucks on the draw poker machine. And uh, that kind of went on for a while. And then I ended up working with this guy. And uh, I was down there playing my, you know, poker machine or whatever. And he's like, oh, that's the thing that you play? I play this. It's called Royal Crowns. He's like, it's easy money, man. You know, you put in a uh, twenty-five a spin and uh inevitably you're gonna get the free crown spin and you know you win a bunch of money and i was like yeah whatever and he hit the button like twice and got five sevens for like a thousand dollars and he was like see this is what i'm talking about so from that day on i decided to go down and play 20 bucks on the uh the royal crowns machine so i uh go down there and play 20 20 became 40 and the worst part was like I was up in Canada for a month and between the work you just hang out in the hotel they'd have you bunk up with another comedian but you wouldn't have to pay for your rooms on the days off which was really cool but you know all you were you were just stuck in that hotel like it was a prison a lot of guys would just go down to the bar and just drink and watch sports games and stuff and a lot of the other ones, me included, would go down and gamble on these stupid machines down there. And uh, I was up there for a month, and uh, I was supposed to bring home about, I'd say, $3,600. And uh, I don't know what it was, man, but that was my first like experience into high-stakes gambling. And I know some people start laughing, high-stakes, you're... You're betting, you know, a dollar fifty, two dollars a spin on a slot machine, but that adds up, man. You know how fast it gets to be just you've spun the thing ten times and you've already lost twenty bucks. I mean, it's minutes. I lost everything, man. I came home with like a hundred and fifty bucks from that trip, and it was just brutal, man. I mean, I spent a month in Canada and I came home with like a hundred bucks, and it was ridiculous. And every time I left Canada, I was just like, the next time I go up there, I'm not even walking into that bar. I'm not even going to go in there. 
every year. I went up there 2003 to 2007 once a year. And uh, I lost so much money on those stupid VLT machines. I can't even fathom it. They are the devil. But after that, it was just like, you know... I think that's a problem a lot of times with the gambling addiction is like sometimes you've lost so much that even small wins aren't worth it anymore, you know, like going into a casino and putting 20 bucks in a machine and doubling it to 40, like that wasn't enough, like 20 bucks, what am I going to do with that? I lost $4,000 last year. So it's like, you know, oh, I, I found a hot machine. Now it's time to start betting max. And before you know it, all the money's gone in your pocket. All the money in your checking account's gone. And uh, so to so now we had that. And then uh, to throw even more gasoline on the fire, right around that time is when the uh, online poker shit started. And that was great because about the only thing that was stopping me from losing everything was the fact that I, I would have to actually get in a car and drive to a casino to gamble. So that stopped me a lot of times. Like, am I really going to go into my car and go drive to a casino right now? So that stopped me a lot of times because I'm like, I'm not going to go do that, you know. And now you can just sit on the couch with a computer on your lap and play poker and blackjack they even had uh, slot machines on some of the the websites I mean my god I remember I was living with my brother one ridiculous afternoon when uh, I lost $350 playing ultimate bet blackjack on my laptop that made a lot of sense and I think I knew it was it was getting to be really bad because like early on in my gambling like if I would lose like a hundred bucks or something I mean I would feel devastated for like days just like I can't believe how stupid I am that I lost that hundred bucks you know and when I knew that it was getting really bad was when I would like stop in to uh the Diamond Joe's down in Iowa on my way to some other gig rationalizing like I gotta use the bathroom anyways so I'm just gonna stop in there that blow off like three four hundred bucks and just get in my car and start driving away and feel nothing like yeah what are you gonna do you know I gave it a shot and I missed you know and then uh then my dad got sick so me and my brother kind of had to lock down and and take care of him for about two and a half years and taking care of him meant a lot of days of you know just being there with him all day for 24 hours making his meals and checking his insulin and giving him his pills but i mean the majority of the day that he would just nap you know and you'd be sitting there with nothing to do watching tv i was uh I think over the course of uh, the two years that we took care of him, uh, 
I lost probably like two or three grand on poker stars playing online poker. And that was just so stupid, man. I mean, there there was not, you know, a lot of people were pissed off when they outlawed online gambling. A lot of people, a lot of people lost a lot of money because they shut down those sites in seconds. And if you had money in those sites, it was confiscated immediately. But there was not a happier day in my life than when online poker was shut down because I couldn't stop. And that was the only thing that helped me stop at least the online part of it. And I was so thankful for that. But, you know, it continued on and got worse and worse, I think. You know, the crescendo for me, as far as my problem went, was, uh, you know, we, me and my wife were trying to buy a house and uh, we were going to have to pay a bunch in taxes. So I went into my bank and uh, for whatever reason, I had so many credit cards and whatever, and I was just trying to keep current with them. I had an amazing credit score for whatever reason. So my bank decided to uh, <clears throat> give me a $10,000 loan, which was great. And uh, so I had to hang on to that money until it was time to actually pay those taxes. So I had it in my savings account and I can't tell you, man, how many times I lost that money and I had to replenish it with credit card money. I mean, it was just, it got to be ridiculous, you know, and it was just a slippery slope, you know, it's like, you know, I'll just, I'll move over like, you know, seven or 800 and I'll, I'll, I'll put it back after the end of the week, you know, I'm getting paid 900 for this week, I'll put it back and then you know, lose that money plus the money I'm making that week. So I don't have any money to put back in there. And, you know, my wife is very intuitive. She finally kind of figured out what the hell was going on. The fact that I was like out on the road making like thousands of dollars doing comedy and t-shirt sales and everything. And then, you know, she'd ask for a little bit here or there. And I would just be like, oh, well, I don't have it, you know, yeah, it was just really bad, man. And uh, it, it, it was really nice when I was able to actually sit down with her and kind of just open up and let her know, like, how hard it is, how hard it was dealing with that for so long and and uh, just keeping it to myself. And, and I knew, like, I tried so many times to quit. I tried so many times to just walk away and stop trying to rationalize it like you know, I'm just going to play $20 that'll get you know the get it out of me so I don't have to gamble anymore so I'll just play 20 bucks and that'll you know scratch my itch and I'll be okay and I mean it just it got to the point where I was stand I would stand at the slot machine and I'm like if I begin to play on this slot machine I'm going to lose like everything I have in my pocket. Like I there's no way I can stop and I would still sit down and start gambling. And it was just so sad because I knew that something drastic was the only thing that was going to stop me and uh it was just horrible when my brother passed away. But, you know, I just said that night, I said 
if one good thing comes out of this, one good thing is that I will never gamble another penny of my money away ever again. So I was in Lubbock, Texas when I found out, so I I just got in my car and I drove home. It was like a 19-hour drive. And I stopped at one of our favorite casinos, Diamond Joe's, down in uh, northern Iowa. And I went in there and I put uh, 10 bucks into his uh, one of his favorite slot machines. I played that $10 and I lost it. And I stood up and I threw my player's card into the into the garbage can. I walked out to my car and I said, that's the last penny that I will ever gamble in my entire life. And uh, I'm happy to say I sit here uh, a year and one month clean of gambling. And uh, it feels good, man. I mean, it's amazing how much money you can save and have when you're not blowing it every week, you know. I mean, this summer I had one of the most amazing summers I've had in comedy. I mean, I made a ton of money to the point that I was able to allow my wife to, like, take off from work and just be home with our baby and uh, made enough money to do a bunch of remodels around the house and still have money and savings and just feels good you know and I'm not gonna lie I'm not gonna say like that year was the easiest year of my life I had a lot of moments in that year I think the toughest one I had was about two or three months after I quit uh, I got a gig at uh, a casino in Laughlin, Nevada. And I actually had to live in a casino for like four days. And it was ridiculous, man. Every day I'd go down to get something to eat or whatever and walk past all the machines and hear all the noises and everything and have those arguments with myself every time, you know. I'm just like, oh, I'll just throw a five in here. That's fine, you know. Nothing will happen. And, of course, it's like... It, you can't just throw five in. It's just not going to happen. Five will turn into ten, turn into twenty, forty, before you know it, all your money out of your checking account. That's just how it was in the end. But I made it through that week. I made it through the first year. And uh, I just feel confident now that it's just it's just not a thing anymore, you know. It's like that's what I always wanted in my life was get to a point where gambling just wasn't a thing, you know. Like, I don't play golf. I've never played golf. I, I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know. But millions of people play golf, and they love golf, you know. They live golf. It's their life, you know. But golf has just never been a thing in my life. And that's just what I prayed for was to have a point in my life where gambling just wasn't a thing, you know, where I could just go perform at a casino and do my show and get my money and sell my t-shirts and hit the sack, you know, and, and not even worry about it and just be like, you know, because it always amazed me early on, like how many people there were that they just would never gamble, you know, like their parents raised them to 
save their money and and uh, keep their money and not lose it frivolous, frivolously. You know, I wish I kind of wish my parents had uh, you know taught that to me. You know, my younger sister is the only one that never got roped into the gambling, and she was definitely the smartest one of the family. Still is, but you know, I'm just glad to sit here now and and say that I'm clean from gambling and uh and it's just not a thing in my life anymore and it and it feels good, man. It uh feels liberating, you know. Cuz I'm sure it's the same way for whatever your addiction is, whether it's alcohol or drugs or, you know, shopping for some people, food addiction for other people, you know. So in that moment where you actually feel in control of your life again and you know that it's not going to come back and and destroy you you know that's a good feeling so i know this podcast wasn't probably as funny as the other ones but uh it's kind of a story that i've wanted to tell for a little while so um hopefully you guys enjoyed it uh just kind of looking into the uh the darker side of uh, my life and uh, I promise the next podcast will be hilarious I'll talk about weird things I'm sure but uh, yet again if you uh, want to check out more of my stuff Large Drunk Man on Twitter Facebook LargeDrunkMan.com is my website and uh, you found this podcast and I'm going to keep posting them every Wednesday now that I'm mobile and I'm excited So thank you again for tuning in to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. Tune in next time when we talk about who knows.